Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. And howdy, everyone. Welcome to Fight Club and happy Tuesday. <laughs> hey! Good morning. Good morning. Hey, welcome to Fight Club for Business, everyone. The show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. We are a team of self-employed industry experts, and this week we're joined by Sarah Thompson. So glad to have you with us, Sarah. Can you Thank please you. give the listeners just a little brief rundown about you and your businesses? Because you have two branches. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm in Iowa, and I started this business in 2006, um, kind of out of necessity, and um, in in a small smaller college town in Ames, Iowa. And we grew there. Um, we have a second branch that we opened about six years ago now, I believe. And they're about 35 minutes apart. Um, we have a staff of between, right now it's between 50 and 60 full-time equivalents, depending on how much you know we can hire. I think we're down mm -hmm. to about 50 full-time equivalents at the moment between the two branches. Um, but you know we're on track for, 3 million to end the year and um, a better run rate than that. And we've got great management and um, great office people. Um, so that's what we do. We're a professional house cleaning service. Awesome. I love it. Well, Sarah, we got to meet back at the huge convention, but my name is Taylor Maroney for anyone first listening to the show. Um, I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband called Pure Power Washing. And I've been in marketing for about six years um, where I found my passion for helping business owners understand those analytical numbers that marketing companies throw at you. So that's where I kind of live on the show. And I'm super excited to say welcome to Fight Club, Sarah, and happy Tuesday, everyone. <laughs> oh, and um, I think Megan's good now. Sorry. <laughs> Sharing's going slower lately. I, I'm not awake. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. <laughs> and then, like, there was, you know, Taylor was talking on both screens. Sorry. Anyway, good morning. Welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> My name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. And I do this through a couple of ways. I have Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm based out of Northern California, where we do bookkeeping, specializing in home service industry folks. And I also have Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I can teach you how to do yourself. And uh, Sarah is a former graduate of Bookkeeping Academy Online's Four Week <laughs> Better Bookkeeping course. Uh, and I also own Jeff Likes Windows and Gutters, a window cleaning and gutter cleaning firm with my husband, Jeff. And welcome to Fight Club. Happy Tuesday. Hey there, Sarah. Good to see you again. I hope you saw that I am wearing the pH green. I'm rocking the color because I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, you have built a fully remote company, and so you and I have a lot in common. Um, but my name is Michelle Myers, and I co-own Pink Collars with my husband, Doug, who's off camera. And uh, we put in CSRs or office managers remotely into your home service business. So I am excited to talk to you, another gray-haired lady that is kicking it 
Welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> it's, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful white frosted. Uh... It is. Silver Fox, I think we want to call you the Silver Fox. <laughs> Welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> and I'm Martha Woodward, and I own a maid service in a neighboring state. I co-founded Quality Driven Software a few years ago. And I'm just all about helping people build happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club. We're really honored to have you today, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Well, I'm going to steal you first, Sarah. Um, and since Michelle brought up the green, we're going to have to start by talking about your signature green color and reasons behind why you chose it. Because I always find it interesting to talk to business owners about their coloring and their branding and Megan's actually kind of going through a branding transition right now where she's going with a color that's a little bit different and outside of her industry. So as far as your pH green is what we'll go ahead and call it. Um, what was the inspiration behind it? How did you come up with this color? Is it just a color you love? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I came up well. So this was 15, 15 years ago. And just looking at different, um, you know, what what does clean look like to me? And and that white and that green, um, you know, you can't be pink, right? Because that's taken, and you can't be blue because that's taken. <laughs> yeah, and so um, in the maid service anyway. And so that green says to me uh, that fresh. And we kind of started out with a bit of a eco-friendly, you know, that was, that was really hot <laughs> in those days. People were trying to do that and stand out that way. Um, you know, we, we never fully embraced hundred percent eco-friendly, um, but we're low scent, low residue. Um, you know, we carry a minimum amount of, of products. And so that's, it's more of a fresh and, you know, the absence of a scent that all kind of spoke to me when I, when I chose that green and then something softer. So it's not like they call it the John Deere green. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, Michelle, Michelle's wearing it well, <laughs> but it's, it's softer. Um, and that just kind of fit who we were. And then we just used that on consistently on all of our marketing material, um, which was not something that had happened in the town I lived in. Um, nobody was marketing and nobody was consistent with their branding. And so I think that that was really important. Absolutely. And it allowed now kind of fast forwarding six years, right? From when you chose that color, mm -hmm. you were able to then open up a second branch because all of your branding was consistent. All of your marketing was consistent. You had a presence in the community. So what I want to talk about a little bit deeper today is when you did open up that second branch six years ago, how was that transition for your marketing? Because I know there's a lot of business owners that debate this quite often. You know, do I open a second branch? I would like to have a second branch. I know my husband and I are one of those people. You know, we talk about all the time opening up a second branch um, about an hour north in my hometown. So there's things that these questions always come up as business owners, but making those decisions in the marketing can be very strategic excuse me, a very strategic process. I mean, did you start this early prior to opening the second branch or did you kind of just run with it once you had the building and um, the office space? Um, well, early on when I, when I, my, my legal name is Professional Home Ames. 
and AIMS is where I started. Um, and so type that out, you know, professionalhomeaims.com. <laughs> and I, maybe after about two years, I realized, wait a minute, that's, that's so limiting. What am I thinking? <laughs> um, and so then I kept my P, professional, H from homes, and kind of, you know, slowly morphed that, kept the same colors, but changed that into the name PH Clean. And so that was in preparation for being able to not be so hemmed in by location with my name, with what was out there. And so the first part was kind of pre-thinking before we opened and getting out of that box I had originally put myself in. Um, and then, and, you know, I think I've heard of people worrying about changing their name or changing, you know, their, their logo too much. We just, we kept the colors consistent and we just, you know, slowly changed the name and rerouted the things we needed to reroute. Um, so that put us in a better position to then spread out to another place. Um, and then as far as branding goes, I also had claimed, you know, I live here. I, I graduated from this town. So I put a whole lot of emphasis on myself. And, you know, I had my face on a car and <laughs> my face on some um, marketing material. And I, I stopped doing that as much. I still sprinkled that in. But when we moved into this um, new community, I wasn't from there. Um, and, and so it was close by, but I had no street cred. My name <laughs> meant nothing. <laughs> and so I, I tried to separate myself. And I think that's just really healthy to do, in my opinion, because I cannot be everywhere all the time. So I started to separate myself um, in this new market, especially. And, um, you know, we, we did try to trans, we, when we opened our office, it was important to me to have a, have a physical location instead of try to do it um, remotely or, you know, try to do it driving from one town to another. We did that for about six months while we established a few homes, but it was important for me to come into this new location and say, we have a physical location, we have an office, we have a manager on, on site um, so that I could come in with a little bit of a, we are in your community claim. Right. Um, so those were some of the things I thought about and we kind of prepped for moving in. Awesome. Well, I uh, just want to recap a few things that were really, um, really important that stood out to me. So marketing wise, Sarah went about adjusting her logo to make sure that she wasn't very um, focused in on just her hometown anymore which I love because a lot of homeowner or excuse me, a lot of business owners do do that, right? They want to relate, they want to connect with their community. So they put something in their logo or their branding that's really specific to that. So you were able to adjust that logo and adjust that branding to open yourself up to a wider community, which is fantastic. So that was Sarah's first step. Second step was kind of pulling herself out of the story a little bit. Not fully, because she still wants to have a face in the business, but this is really protective for you as a business owner. Um, when your face is on everything, sometimes clients expect, okay, Sarah's going to come out and clean my house. Well, that's not the case. Sarah is a business owner. She's not someone who is working in the field. She's working on building the business. 
So marketing that strategically can really be able to help you as a business owner limit some of those stressful calls that can come in from clients when people are expecting to see you walking into their door, walking up to their property versus an employee of yours who's just as well-trained, just as well-skilled, but because it's not your face, right? That, that client feels like they're getting a bait and switch sometimes. Mm -hmm. So we've had that exact situation happen recently with an old client of ours. Um, and they were really adamant about Damien coming. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, he's not coming. He's not in the field anymore. Um, but the technicians we do have super skilled, super um, able to complete exactly like he did. Um, so just kind of a real life example for you guys of how that can help protect the business owners. And then thirdly, Sarah did briefly mention that she started getting jobs in the community first. So she might have done, did you maybe do Google ads? Did you do um, any type of Facebook advertising? I, I think we started with Facebook okay. um, because we didn't have a, we didn't have a physical address yet. So we hadn't gotten into Google. Perfect. Easy. So she started with Facebook ads, which allowed her to start trickling in some leads to establish herself in that community. Then from there, she opened up the office. She had the manager. She had everything, which I know Martha can talk about people wise. But that transition was a great transition because it allowed her to stay from stay in her home base while slowly adding in these steps on the marketing end to open up that second location. So if this is something that you are thinking about in um, listening to us today, I definitely highly recommend taking a look at your branding, taking a look at your story, how your story is being projected to your potential audience and your customer avatar, and then also taking a look at how you can funnel in and trickle in a few leads from the area you're looking to get while still staying in that home base. So thank you so much, Sarah, for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. Love talking to you as always. And I'm going to go ahead and pass you off to Megan. Hello. Hello. I, I'm like, what do we talk about? We have so many things we could talk about. I'm going to just be kind of sassy for a second and go through the mental like brain dump of what we thought I thought we could talk about. And then I'm going okay. go to where I want us to be, unless something else sounds more interesting to you. Um, one is you're a fellow Rotarian. So I thought we could talk about our love of Rotary and the yeah. value of Rotary and the value of being engaged and connected yeah. in our community. Um, another is we have talked a lot about budgeting, like how to have enough saved and kind of stored away and how to choose the right number. So we could talk about that. Um, you have a pretty badass accounting team around you. Like there are several people in accountant roles around you. So we could talk about how you've built up like the different roles within your company. I mean, I feel like that's one of the things I notice about you is every time we're at an event, you usually have a team member or two with you and it's you choose them because that's their area of expertise. But I want to be really careful because I know Martha is also going to want to go there. Um, and then Tay talked to you a lot about two branches. And I think that's where I want to end up today because there's a talk that Brandon Vaughn gives at industry conferences where he talks about the easiest way to scale and he throws up an org chart and then he, he basically just copies and pastes it for multiple locations. Mm -hmm. And that's how he gets to a really big gross number. So I was thinking that that could be fun um, to talk about the multiple branches. I think as Tay said, it is, it's pretty common where people think, okay, I think I've maxed out or I've tapped out mm -hmm. kind of like you saw with Ames. What's the next thing? Um, but I'm going to leave it to you. Do, which Does that sound most interesting or do you want to? As long as I don't have to talk about my QuickBooks Online 
Black we're not talking about that. It's not on the table, Sarah, because we've been talking about that for four years now. So we're not talking about that this it's morning. Coming. It's coming. I don't believe you, but I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. We could talk about scaling. Um, we could talk about scaling. And well, can we talk I'll, about the money of scaling? Like, um, sure. Well, let me just. There, go ahead. Sorry. I don't let mean to interrupt. Just go ahead. Throw back and say, because I have no um, knowledge or skill in bookkeeping, accounting, et cetera, I, I will mention that um, the first job, let's see, I gave away, I gave away my phone answering first when I started and, and hired my first person. Then I gave away my um, sales um, tasks. And then um, the last thing I was, scared to give away but i i just had to do it and i was so happy when i did it was i gave away my bookkeeping <laughs> and i did that by hiring someone in-house but you know i have a bookkeeper and then i have somebody that comes in and advises and helps the bookkeeper locally that set us up the right way and then i have a cpa so yeah i do have several layers built in there um because that's not my skill set so i give that away <laughs> um but yeah, but, and, I, and I think that you have a really good handle on it. So I think that that's something I always caution people about is it's not something that we can just dump or no. from. you can never just put your head in the sand about money. And what I what I've noticed you've done with your accounting team. And if you heard that she has multiple people in different roles in her company and it's economical, it also helps with fraud risk. It mm -hmm. also helps if she were to lose one, it's that she's not completely up a creek without a paddle, right? She still has other parts of her team involved and they seem to work really well together. Um, but what I like is you're staying engaged with your numbers. So okay. even though you've delegated the bookkeeping, you've not delegated the finances of your company, right? You haven't yeah. delegated that CFO role. Yeah, that's me. That's you, exactly. <laughs> because it's your money, right? And nobody yeah. cares about your money like you do. Um, so I, I've always appreciated that. And I know you don't like the bookkeeping, but you do engage with it yeah, I respect it. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, I'm taking notes while we're interacting, so that's why I'm looking to this side. Yeah. I'm the note taker. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the money then of uh, two branches. So you did, I'm assuming you had a solid bookkeeping team before you chose to go that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. and, um, and did you just, you guys did an analysis and said, okay, you know, here's, Here's our capacity in our area and let's move on. Or was it a recruiting issue? Sometimes I hear that's the, that's the trigger for the second location is, you know, we're not getting people yeah. to commute or. So the, the town Ames where, where I started my, my kind of more my hometown, um, it is 60,000, maybe a little bit more now, 60,000 uh, residents. Half of those are Iowa state students when they do the census. So we're talking about 30,000 um, residents in Ames, Iowa. And so, you know, I've gone through in different programs before and done some that like how many will use house cleaning of, of these households? How, you know, how much um, can you expect people will use house cleaning? Um, and then I just expected to max out. Um, I was, I felt like our growth was slowing and I was waiting for that ceiling to hit. And so I did not want to just stop there. I'm very competitive with myself. Um, and so I preemptively thought, move to Ankeny um, 
looking at Ankeny as a as a growth center because it's right on the the edge of the metro, Des Moines metro. So um, from Ankeny, we can flow into our you know capital city. Um, so I had looked at that ceiling to start with and our slowing growth in our main office. Um, and that was the reason to kind of jump to a new office um, or think about that location. And then and then we had to have enough money to carry that location. Yeah. So I just had a call this week with a client who was trying to figure out how much money is enough money to start that next location. Um, and they, they've been really struggling with this question. Um, do you have any tips for them? Like, you know, was it, uh, so they were kind of looking at, okay, so the new location needs to be profitable and on its feet by month X, they were setting a goal. And then to carry them through to month X, we need this much in savings that we're not going to be stressed about funding. This is right. going to be the startup cost for that new location. Do, do you remember, I know it was six years ago, but did you have a formula or did you have some yeah. tricks or tips that you could share with somebody? I, I think we figured, and I, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but um, just working backwards, you know, typical rent. Um, I knew I wanted a manager on site and we had admin that could back up, you know, that office as needed, but I wanted a, a human on site. Um, so those two costs, and then just working backwards, how much, you know, how much, how many houses do we need to clean? What's the profit portion of each home? And then how much, so, so how many houses do we need to have to make that profitable? Um, I don't remember checking our, I always keep a pretty high um, savings in our business, just as a general rule. And so, I don't remember saying, do I have this money set aside specifically for that? Um, but we knew how much we needed to get to to grow and be self-sustaining. Um, and that first year, we we didn't make any money because we were, you know, paying <laughs> paying for somebody to sit in the office, and um, so we were negative. The second year, we kind of broke even. And then the third year in that new office is when it was self-sustaining. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how are you keeping track as a company of that? That was their, this other question for another business that was opening a second location is mm -hmm. uh, initially they set it up as two companies, even though they were in the same parent company, because they really wanted to see the profitability metrics from the existing business and then from the new business. And then they said, you know what? That's a lot of administrative burden. That's that's just too much. It's really one entity with two locations. Yeah. So then they went back and they reset it up and they've got two locations set up in QuickBooks. We're not going to talk about what kind of QuickBooks, but in the QuickBooks, there's two yeah. locations, right? So they've got the old location and the new location and they're running them side by side, but they could consolidate them. And I'm getting a little accounting techie for some of our listenings, but they could consolidate them so that they could run and see, okay, this is all of the money that came in for the you know the parent company ph clean from both locations and here's the net if we matched them together mm -hmm. but it's also really important to keep an eye on like sarah said year one we were negative year two we broke even yeah. year three we were finally profitable and it took patience but also data to be able to make those decisions so how did you guys decide to keep it separate how do you look at reports for the two mm -hmm. locations so so we we didn't open a second entity we kept it all together yeah. um, um and we do branches so we just divide everything out by two separate branches so i look at two profit and loss statements 
um, you know, it's a little squishy when you're sharing resources. Um, and we eventually started, um, so like for admin, for bookkeeping admin, for marketing admin, for myself, we just portion a, a part of that out. So like right now, we're at about 30, 30%, um, was it 30 and 30% is Ankeny of, of our total revenue, or maybe it's a little bit more right now. So we portion out expenses that way that are shared. Mm -hmm. um, so that makes it a little bit easier. If we're not, you know, doing separate inventories for each one, we're getting inventory in one location and we just portion out our supplies according to our, our revenue. Um, so, so that sounds like that's a simpler way. So I'm just going to recap that yeah. for our listeners. So they are, they have one position for, for bookkeeping, let's say, mm -hmm. and that one position of bookkeeping, they're paying their salary from PH clean. It's always been the same company, right? There's only one payroll account, yes. but then when it comes time to, to look at a PL, they don't want a hundred percent of that to be in Ames because that bookkeeper is doing work for the other location. So yeah. they're taking a percentage of that salary and they're putting it on that other PL so that it, it it actually matches the amount of work being done. And maybe it's not exact, but they found a simple formula that works for them. And then they're applying it across other things too. So that when they do a bulk order of, I don't know, towels or yep. vacuum cleaners or soap, right? They're not, they're not saying, okay, this bottle went to this location. Instead, they're saying, let's assume that 30% of that order, order went to this location. So I think that's really helpful. Um, it is a little bit more bookkeeping, but it mm -hmm. sounds like it gave you good data so that you could, because what would have happened if in year three, you still hadn't broken even, you would have had the data you needed to say, okay, this location's not working or we are not focusing our energy and you could have shut it down if you needed to. It sounds yeah. like that's not what ended up happening though. Correct. Um, what do, what do your projections say? We're almost out of time, but what do your projections say going forward? Does it look like this is gonna this is gonna go? Is it is it oh, yeah. possible that it will take over Ames? Like, what does um, the future look like? And I love that you, your pH clean. I now know what pH. I mean, it's so fun that it's yeah. Like, yes, I feel like it's like a little secret that I didn't know. <laughs> um. So what? What we're looking at is, you know, Ames, Ames struggles as far as labor, the bigger, the bigger location struggles as far as labor more. Um, so we've got a waiting list and we're just labor is our consistent bottleneck, especially now. Ankeny doesn't have as much of that. Um, Ankeny has a bigger market than Ames and you know, it could grow if it, it could grow. Um, I think we're looking at 20% this year. So uh, Ankeny is going to end at um, a million. I wrote this down because I was we were talking about it in our stat meeting Monday, yesterday. Um, Ankeny is going to end at a million, um, a million and nine hundred thousand. So that's two thirds. I mean, <laughs> we're just we're just moving forward. Yeah. Um, I, I will say one thing about money. If I had broken them into two separate companies with two separate tax IDs, um, we would have gotten more credits and more PPP loans uh, in Ames because our, you know, we had some more struggles there as far as the COVID dip. Um, but we're one company, and so Ankeny pulled us up, and 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 that's just one thing to consider. Yeah. 
Yeah, awesome. out or, or having a having them together. Right. Well, that's fantastic. Um, sorry, now you've mentioned one more thing. And then I really do have to pass it to Michelle. But you you used a company to help you navigate the credits. Would you mind sharing that? I know that there are a couple of listeners out there. And if you're, if we're, if you're like, you're still talking about tax credits, you're still talking about free money. But but Sarah was really smart and she found people smarter than her to help her navigate some of these really complicated things. So mm -hmm. I'd love if you wouldn't mind sharing the name of the firm and the credit I'm thinking of is the Employee Retention Tax Credit. It's not too late if you've not taken it. And uh, what Sarah just described is she didn't necessarily have that 50% drop in gross receipts across all branches because she actually grew through COVID in one of the branches. And so she hired a, a tax credit firm to help her navigate what she was, what was available to her as a business owner. Right. Um, and then how they work is they take a percentage of whatever money they find her and then they help defend her in the case that it ever gets questioned. So um, what was the name of the, the, well, the name business? of the company was higher tech. Um, that's where we do our work opportunity credits with. Um, and there are other companies, um, but I will say I have not received any credits yet. <laughs> Absolutely fair and not a normal, uh, the IRS is super behind and this seems to be very low priority even though they keep telling all of the political officials that it's high priority um yeah. but yeah it's been a mess we're not going to go there but that's helpful i'm going to put a link to higher tech in the um in the chat so that people can go check that out if you've okay. not explored an employee retention tax credit it's not too late and i encourage you to do that um yeah awesome thank you sarah that was really fun and i'm going to pass you to michelle who's going to talk to you all about systems Woohoo, systems. Systems is like such a hot word this year. Has anybody else heard it this year? I don't know why, but it seems like it's a hot topic. But when I look at your website, I don't see systems. I see people working within a system. And I see a lot of focus on your people. And I promise, Martha, I'm not going to step on your toes. But I want to talk about how you determined what were the benchmarks that you determined between your locations that one person could no longer do phones and scheduling? We call it dispatch here at Pink Collars, mm -hmm. but phones and dispatch. And a lot of home or business owners, sorry, try to squish that role into one human being. And that mm -hmm. one human being then ends up looking like Medusa head of snakes, right? It's not easy to do. So tell me, when you decided that that was actually two individual people in your business, because that's a huge point for mm -hmm. a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking about I had one person um, in the new. Are you talking the the new office or either or one, the, either one, either one? Because I know you probably solved it differently for each location. Yeah, yeah, it's fresh on my mind with the with the newer <laughs> office. Okay. Um, you know what we we had a manager she was handling all the things yeah <laughs> um, and and part of it was us needing to us looking at what we were doing in our aims office and saying okay how many homes how many humans do we have dealing yeah. with these homes dividing that up you know simply and then i did a fair amount of um asking my colleagues you know how many how many homes do you have or how many yeah. clients do you have on a regular basis and who's handling that um, yeah. and I've always, I've chronically been accused of being office heavy throughout <laughs> all of my small groups, you know, you have too, many yeah. staff. You have too much, yeah. admin. but 
I argue that that's the reason we've been able to grow um, steadily. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it's almost like we're at about 300 reoccurring clients in Ankeny, and we have mm-hmm. a QA full-time, a scheduler full-time, and then um, a staff supervisor slash salesperson. And oh, so that's I, I almost break that down in, I like simple flat <laughs> flat numbers. So a hundred a yeah. hundred recurring clients per admin per individual. Per, wow, per yeah, that's a huge metric because I don't think people understand that metric, and they do try to squish all of those tasks into one person, and yeah. it can be a little bit crazy. Tell me what technology you're using to support these team members because that's super important. Between the two locations, I'm assuming it's the same technology. Mm -hmm. And tell me how those two are working together, how the people and the tech are working together to succeed. And before you answer that, I missed the metric. Can you say it over Roughly, roughly said about 100 recurring clients. Per full-time admin. Per human. Yeah. Per per human that's supporting that that effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, So, you know, we use a professional scheduling uh, system and do you want me to say what we use? Yeah, you can. You can say anything. Yeah, this is Fight Club. You can talk about it all. We just serve as pilot for the last awesome. uh, okay seven ish years. It's been a while, um, and it's super important that everything be the same between the two offices, so we can log in and help an admin and and schedule somebody. Any anyone in the office can log in and do that. So that's super important to be consistent that way for backup help. Um, And then our technicians are, you know, using the, using the app that goes with that. We use uh, quality driven software and again, (laughs) in both offices um, and everybody's familiar with it. They can log in and look at either office um, as needed. And then we're using Slack. Yeah. The free version because I'm cheap. I am I'm not cheap, but yes, I'm using the free version of Slack because yep. otherwise it'd be crazy. Um, I looked at my bill yesterday. I have 175 yeah. people. You don't yeah. want to know. You just no, don't I even want to know. <laughs> like, I it's crazy. Yeah, between clients and team members, 175 we're up to yeah. right now. It's yeah. insanity. But again, so I get even, it. With that, even with that free version on Slack, we can, you know, they can direct message each other. Hundred um, percent. We have a commercial channel on there now that um, somebody in each office kind of monitors after hours. So Perfect. it just pulls everybody together, even though they're two separate locations. No, that's huge. That's huge. Um, I think in terms of systems, there's only one other thing I had a question about. And I'm on your website and I'm obsessed with the live chat. How do you think live chat helps a cleaning company kind of be responsive and who in your office is responsible for sort of monitoring that? Cause that's one of those slippery pieces of tech yeah. that can get away from people. So yeah. tell me how that's used in your company. Cause I love live chat for everything. Yeah. Um, and I, and I get to see those uh, messages come across. So I, I just watch and I'm so proud of uh, Jessica in our Ames office handles, awesome. um, She's the one, she's full-time sales in the, in the bigger office, but Mm -hmm. she also doesn't maybe right now, she doesn't have as many quotes coming in um, as our growing office. So 
she's the point person for that. Um, if somebody's offline, we can send it to the, we can indicate which office um, they're closest to and that person can answer it. They'll get an email and then they'll get yeah. back to that client. Um, but during the day, it's monitored by one person. And yeah. um, again, anybody can grab it, but we have to have one person responsible for doing the back yeah. and forth chatting and they can handle it for both locations. So um, yeah. it's, I, I really like the live chat. I know because people probably wake up in the morning and look around and go, oh my gosh, this place is a disaster. I need help today. And yeah. that immediate recognition from the customer's perspective yeah. makes you look like you have superpowers. So I love that tool. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I could spend all day here, but I'll let you go on to Martha. I'm sure she's going to talk to you about all your awesome people that make all of this happen. <laughs> yes. Um, <coughs> so Sarah, one of the things that I want to ask you about, well, how many, how many staff members, field staff, do you have right now between, with it combined? Combined? Um, I'm double checking. Eight, eight. What? Eight. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, in the office, I have eight people. Okay. Yeah. And uh, field staff. Field staff right now, as of yesterday's report, we have 50 full-time equivalents. Okay. But we have, a lot of them are part-time. So we have probably, I'm guessing about 80, 80 people on payroll doing yeah. technician yeah. work. Gotcha. Um, so thinking back, what do you think, like, what feels like a sweet spot as far as um, when things got a little bit easier with staff numbers? Like, do you feel like the more staff you get, the harder it gets? Or was it harder when you just had a handful of field staff? Hmm. Well, there's my cat. <laughs> I was waiting. Um, I mean, there's just a different kinds of hard. Mm -hmm. So that's a challenging question. Um, when we had less field staff, we also had less, um, we were less spread loaded in the office. So it was challenging because every, I think, I think it's easier as we get more, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's overall easier, but with a different set of challenges. Right. Right. And that's really what I thought you would say. I mean, there's so many people who really struggle. Um, they're in that under, you know, 10, 15 and it, there's not as much wiggle room and there's not as much, but you know, when you see in groups, I think they have a perceived um, feeling that it only gets harder. Like mm -hmm. as you build more people, it only gets harder. And I suppose it can, if you don't have systems or, or enough admin to handle exactly all the other stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. hundred so, <laughs> percent. Um, what is your, this is a hard one too, 
because there's so many, but what would you say is probably your most successful program around people? That could be your pay structure, that could be benefits, that could be, you know, something about your culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a hard one. I want that question ahead of time. Um um i know you i i am familiar with your company mm -hmm. and i know you do so much and um i i mean i could almost answer it for you but i'm not going to so <laughs> you're, you're, you're still with your gut, sarah well i'll tell you i'll tell you some something that i like um i like i like that we have trainers we don't have one trainer per office i like that we promote with trainers um so we could have between five and eight trainers at any time we give them a new shirt we pay them a dollar an extra more on an ongoing basis whether they're um, training or not um it's more of a status thing if if they've risen to that um level and taken that responsibility level um i like that because it gives everybody a chance to grow um and consistently make more money and consistently be you know i i'm i'm a trainer um and that's not for everybody but it's fun to really gently push people into training when they say that they can't be then they we just you know try it out and then they try it and then they're like oh i can do this um so as far as giving some opportunity i i like that the way that we do that um um, we've got several people who have moved from technician to trainer to quality assurance um, and field kind of a, a field person in both offices. Um, those people have moved up and then we have um, moved up several technicians into scheduling. And right now our staff supervisor and sales um, uh, person in Ankeny started out as a technician and has moved her way through all of those stages. So I don't know if that's quite what you were thinking about, but um, I like that we have some more opportunities and that's also a reason to have um, a second office. We've transitioned, you know, people have a place to move to if they really want to move up. And then um, we've also been able to say, you know, somebody's moving and it they're close enough but different enough yeah that they, that they can transfer to the second office and we don't lose them <laughs> right right yeah um i know we have i mean too much smaller scale i've got two offices and we have definitely had people who live in the middle mm. and it allows us to start kind of growing staff in that area and then picking up clients that maybe were outside our service area before. Mm -hmm. And then you can start expanding because they go straight to the job mm -hmm. and so forth. But your trainer idea, and I remember I told you I was going to do this. I stole that idea because I absolutely loved it. I loved the adding the prestige mm -hmm. to that role because a lot of people, I just was talking to a girl that's been with me over eight years and she certainly has a um, knowledge to train. She doesn't 
necessarily have the people skills. Um, and I was talking to her yesterday and I'm like, I'm going to tell you if we get the number of staff hired at once that I want, I'm like, you're going to have to train. And, right. you know, I was like, blah, 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 blah. And so the more that you can add that elevated status and uh, people want it rather than it's put upon them. I mean, I thought that was brilliant. And I love the how the shirt, you know, they're in the home. And if the client's in the home and then that trainer has that shirt and on the back it says trainer, they have that elevated status. They look really great in front of this client. And so, and, and I love that because, you know, we were always training and doing a thorough job training in the home, but you know, what it says to your client is you have systems around training mm -hmm. and that you take it seriously and you have dedicated personnel. And I thought it was, that was pretty brilliant. Um, I, I do want to share something around, uh, cause I know you guys do contests and things too. Yeah. And, um, we, in our office were doing a contest and I want to share it because our sponsor is nice job. And we use, you use nice job too, don't you? Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Not trying to put that upon you, but uh, I know you definitely have a review strategy, yeah. but uh, anyway, we, we use nice job and I'll tell you this nice job makes it easy to do your review strategy. And, uh, and so we're running a contest and I happen to look at our, like the amount of reviews we have and Honestly, I haven't gone after reviews as much as I should have, but I was pleasantly surprised we were about double, you know, our competition in one area. And then in the other branch, I have somebody that's creeping up. And so we're running a review contest and it, I, I love how you can tell your clients that you're doing this review contest and that, um, it's the easiest way to tip your, mm -hmm. your, you know, your cleaning staff that comes and then they get on board. So for you guys that use nice job, thinking about using nice job or some other strategy that, you know, that is a good incentive program that you can run. And we so, try to do it around the holidays. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely stealing this, Martha, because I was kind of bad while we were on the show and I was actually signing up for a nice job. <laughs> like literally, because I know we've been talking about it. I've been needing to do it. So I am getting signed up right now for a nice job. So if what Martha said spoke to you and you really do want to sign up, start running these types of review um, kind of contests and competitions with your team members, you can just go to get.nicejob.com and use the coupon code FC4B for 50% off your um, bill. So I'm pretty excited. I uh, can't wait to see how it's going to work for us, but I'm definitely also stealing that contest idea because that's genius. <laughs> um, and that's a good segue because Tay, I was going to hand it off to you. 
So oh, you were. Perfect. <laughs> so I guess I wasn't interrupting. <laughs> um, well, perfect. So we'll go ahead and talk about homework. So homework, um, I'm going to that's back. <laughs> Um, I'm going to assign some marketing homework. I'm going to give you two options since I did go ahead and sign up with Nice Job today, live on the show. I'm going to give you one option to sign up with um, Nice Job if that's something you've been meaning to do. Again, we have the um, website and the coupon code in the comments. Um, but second, if you are in the process of figuring out your branding for a potential second branch, I want you to just take a look at your logo your brand, and then also a way that you can affordably start to get more marketing from that area and more leads from that area without having to have that business fully set up yet. So depending on where you're at in that process, you can pick one of those three things. And then from there, it'll allow you to start to dip your feet into that second market and really understand how you can build that second franchise from the marketing standpoint. Cool. And I'm going to piggyback on that. And um, Sarah, we're going to come back to you. So if you want to send homework, it's totally optional, but it will come back to you at the end if you'd like to include anything. And if this is your first time listening to our show or watching our show, we're going to throw four to five pretty intense homework assignments at you over the next two minutes. And we do not expect you to do all of them, but we also want to be different than most podcasts and most shows that are out there on the internet for educational purposes. We want you to actually take action. So we ask that you try to execute one of the homework assignments every single week. And if you need help with accountability around that, or if you need inspiration around that, we do have a Facebook group, Fight Club for Business, and you can absolutely join us in that Facebook group, and we will help nudge you and push you to getting the homework done. But the goal is they're all great homework assignments. Just do one. And if you do one assignment every single week that you listen to the show, you will move the needle forward in your business and have a better business. So that being said, for your finance homework this week, I'd like you to do an analysis of your current business. And I'd like you to look at what's the growth trajectory. How are you doing in terms of the existing marketplace that you're serving? How are you doing in terms of existing recruiting? And are you going to hit the ceiling soon? Have you be, have you stopped growing? Has has it have the leads stopped coming in? And if so, before we talk about a second location, I want you to make sure that you've got your profit margins dialed in where they need to be, because I think it's really important that we keep the infrastructure of that PL solid before we grow. Um, if you like your profit margins, but your sales numbers just aren't growing the way that you'd like them to, then you can look at opening a second location. And I highly recommend listening to that section with Sarah this week again, because she had lots of great tips in there about how she went about choosing to open a new location and how she kept it very money focused to make sure that she did not steal from a successful first location to launch a second location. And then if you need inspiration about that, how her second location is now generating almost two thirds of her gross revenue um, only six years later. So she grew a, a almost $2 million second location in less than six years. So um, that is your finance homework is to just do some analysis and uh, be a little bit of a data nerd with your company and that is it for finance this week i'm gonna piggyback on the data nerd comment mm -hmm. i just so you know and i'm gonna have you for your systems homework 
check out what that break-even point is for an admin, right? All of us have an admin in our office. All of us have somebody helping on phones and scheduling and dispatch and, and all of the incoming traffic. I loved how you figured that out, Sarah, and it was 100 recurring clients. Look at your business this week and see what that data is. I know here at Pink Collars, we look at call volume, we look at email traffic, and we look at actually uh, live chats. That's one of the reasons why I mentioned it, because we actually do that as a metric. So please look at those pieces of data and see, get feedback from your team this week, especially your admin or office team. Get feedback on what that metric feels like for them and what their capacity is, because I think that dorky data stuff is super important for you to be able to scale your business. So that's your homework for me this week. Okay, and ugh. homework for the people portion. <laughs> this is career ladder. And on that career ladder, I if you haven't paid much attention to it or it's not well thought out, I mean, really, your career ladder should have a strategy. And Sarah had mentioned, well, her strategy is trying to elevate people and and um, put some prestige around the positions by having them stand out. And I did borrow some of those thought processes. So in the career ladder, you know, it shouldn't just be uh, your pay scale. You know, this is what changes is your pay scale. But think about how you can make them be recognized as moving up in that position because it's as much about self-worth and and pride as the dollar amount and then i also like to throw in like different benefits you know things that maybe you're eligible for at different career levels so for example maybe you get a little more um pto time at a higher level etc they want you want them to want it and you want them to see that they can move so you know like i say i stole that from sarah a long time ago with her permission <laughs> and uh and i think it's awesome so thank you for opening my eyes to oh my gosh you can do that with their apparel and everything. So that's cool. And Sarah, if you want to give them homework. Um, yeah, I thought of uh, I thought of some homework. And so I would encourage people to look at kind of back towards a little bit towards that marketing, but more more broad than that. Look at ways you can slowly pull yourself back or pull your your persona back from from being front and center so if your face is only the only face out there i would start to pull that back if you plan on growing and you know not always being the one knocking on a door doing <clears throat> that work specifically i would try to pull yourself out a little bit and look for ways in your business where you're a little too prominent personally and make it more about your company and and the collective instead of all about you. Awesome. All right. Super good. Okay. Is it is it quote of the week time or should we make an announcement? 
<laughs> I think uh, Michelle lost her. Oh, she lost her audio. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, that got kind of awkward silence. Like, what, what's happening? Well, while she's working on that, um, she's, and she's typing in the chat, I think. Uh, we are going to be, Sarah, are you going to be in Las Vegas? I'm not this time. Sarah's not going to be in Las Vegas this time. Okay, well, the rest of Fight Club will be in Las Vegas, I think, in just three weeks, two weeks soon. Uh, November 14th, we have a happy hour event that Jobber is sponsoring. And uh, there is an event bright link that we will share if you would like to join us for a drink or a cocktail and talk about business and watch a Fight Club for Business show live in Las Vegas. That's happening on November 14th. We're very excited. And um, what else is coming up for Fight Club? Uh, we have quality driven conference scheduled. Will you be there in uh, I, February in San Diego, Sarah? I will definitely be there. Okay, awesome. So we have the quality driven conference, I, and I'm bringing two. I'm bringing two staff members as well. So that's super important. Don't forget to bring your people with you. Well, what? and what a treat because it's at a really nice hotel and it's in sunny San Diego in the middle of winter. So that has to be something special for them as well. One of her staff members is going to actually be a speaker on one of our panels and so that's pretty cool because i don't always pull in um you know managers from in fact i'm trying to think if i ever have so uh i don't think i ever have hope i'm not forgetting somebody but uh anyway daniel yeah he is he's the guy and uh he has a real knowledge of Techie things, so he's going to be on our time-saving tips. Yeah, no, he's he's great, and he's he enjoys, and that's and if you bring people with you, they get to know people like Martha, and you know they just get to know the other people in your industry, and it it you know it becomes more important to them, and and um, it just makes them feel like part of a bigger group, which is, I think, missing. We miss that opportunity with our staff sometimes. Yeah. Kind of plays right into what you guys were saying before about leveling up those employees, right? It's just giving them that extra little push of, wow, I'm I'm able to go with the owner and go to a conference and learn and expand my knowledge about how I can better help this business. Like, to me, that's something that is a great gift that you can give to an employee. Mm -hmm. Okay, peeps, I'm back. I lost power right in the middle. Oh no! <laughs> and so everything just stopped. I apologize. So I'm back and I will do the quote of the day. And Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. What a yeah. fun time we had. Yeah. Um, I loved your idea on saving time. And the quote of the day just kind of goes with that. And it's time isn't the main thing. It's the only thing by Miles Davis. So everybody have a terrific Tuesday out there. And thank you all for joining us on Fight Club yeah. and have a great week. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Go fight. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.